the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is Random Trivia. Now, today we have a special guest, August Benias of CPI Capital to discuss leveraging other people's money to scale to close bigger deals. Uh, he's got uh, the Syndications 101, which is how to leverage other... Uh, well, basically, it's the same thing. <laughs> so August Biniaz is the co-founder and COO of CPI Capital, which is a real estate private equity firm uh, with its mandate to acquire multifamily and BTR-SFR assets while partnering with passive investors as limited partners. August was instrumental in the closing of over $208 million of multifamily assets since inception. August educates real estate investors through webinars, YouTube shows, and uh, he's got a weekly newsletter and one-on-one coaching. Hey, August, welcome to The Best of Investing. How are you? Great. Um, Absolute pleasure, Edward. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, uh, too. So uh, first, why don't we uh, educate the audience? Uh, what, what, are, what are our syndications? What, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, let, let me kind of expand on what syndications are, broadly speaking, and then we'll kind of focus on real estate. But syndication is anytime you have two groups coming together. One group is the passive investor who's funding the equity needed for the project, whatever that venture be. And then the other group is the general partnership, who is basically the skipper of the boat, is the brain power behind the idea, behind the venture, and uh, is basically a general partner, as is known in the world of private equity. When you're talking about syndication in the real estate space, you're talking about acquiring some sort of a real estate asset. There's many different business models, many different asset classes, but the deal, the project is being syndicated. That means a sponsor, a general partner goes out there, sources the deal, puts it under contract, does the initial due diligence, puts a package together, does all the legal compliance items that are required and needed, and then presents that deal in a fully, uh, you know, packaged deal to the investors. And the passive investors decide if they want to participate and uh, join that, that, that venture, be it a, you know, in our case, for example, is multifamily and BTR assets, and then the investors join. And now the next step is basically the general partner or sponsor 
it completes the business plan, executes the business plan, and then there's profits made and those profits are split between the investors and the general partner or the limited partners and the general partner. Usually in our space, it's a 70-30 split for the benefit of the investors. That's essentially what syndications are, both on a high level and more focused on real estate. Okay. Now, you and I know SFR stands for single family residence. Uh, what does BTR stand for? BTR SFR is actually a new asset class within the commercial real underneath the commercial real estate umbrella. So commercial real estate is comprised of these main asset classes that have been around for a long time. You have multifamily, you have office space that, that's not doing very well currently. You have mm-hmm. industrial, you have retail, you have hospitality. This BTR SFR asset class is the new kid on the block. So basically what it is, is single family uh, properties, either as a portfolio or as a community, portfolio is more scattered uh, communities in at one. They're basically looked at as, even though they're single family homes, they're operated and managed just like a multifamily apartment community. So you, they're also known as horizontal multifamily. That's what BTR SFR is. Now there are different strategies within the space where you can buy a piece of land, uh, syndicate the deal, then start building it. And then when you're done building, you start renting it, stabilize and refi. Or a group can come in and buy an already built asset from a developer, or a group can buy an already performing, already stabilized asset and do whatever the business plan is. So that's essentially what BTR is so far. Is. But what, what does actually B stand for and T stand for and R stand for in BTR? Built to rent. Built to rent. There we go. Okay. I knew I knew I knew there was a reason why there were these initials. They actually meant something. Okay. And it's yes. interesting because uh warehouse space seems to be pr- pretty hot uh you know in, in these various sectors. Uh you know, I was just in a group meeting uh last week and uh, or actually earlier this week, and it was interesting how the a warehouse space they were actually getting two dollars and forty cents a square foot for warehouse. Industrial has been yeah. industrial has been the best performing asset class within the real estate ecosystem over the last twenty years. It yeah. beat every other class, asset class, including multifamily, and that's because you know the growth of uh, you know uh, platforms like uh, Amazon. Amazon and yeah. uh, shipping, where these uh, you know these these locations are needed, these uh, warehouses are needed for. For, for shipping and make the whole shipping process more efficient and it, there's yeah because then nobody wants to pay to, yeah nobody wants to pay to house all that inventory okay tell you what August stay with us we're going to go to our first commercial break here uh, the first trivia question is uh, what country is Tasmania a part of and again August if you know the answer don't say anything yet uh, call 888-912-1190 the first caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate want to make a quick mention here for the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge Beautiful beachfront property on Lake Tahoe. You got to check them out at Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge, um, and also Alcatraz uh, Tours. Uh, if you haven't been to Alcatraz for a long time, Alcatraz Tours is an awesome way to go to uh, in the bay and go and visit Alcatraz. So check them out. All right, uh, stay with us. You're listening to the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, 
Back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, August Binias from uh, CPI Capital. Uh, uh, Let me ask the first trivia question here. Uh, What country is Tasmania a part of? And August, now you can answer if you know the answer. I, well, I, I, as soon as you say Tasmania, I think about Tasmanian devil, and I, yeah. I think about yeah. somewhere Australia, New yes. Zealand, somewhere there. Uh, Australia, very good. Okay. Hey, uh, by very the way, um, what does CPI stand for in your CPI capital? Very interesting question. CPI stands for Canadian Passive Investing. That was our, oh. our company's name when we founded it. But we realized that we're having a lot of U.S. investors joining us. So we didn't want to confuse them, and we didn't want to seem like we only service Canadian investors. So we changed the name to CPI Capital. Ah, very good. Okay. And um, when you do the syndication, uh, like why would someone syndicate rather than acquiring the asset by yourself? No, great, great, great question. So syndication, it, it, my story kind of on, on my journey of getting involved in in the syndication space is actually a great explanation of the, the power of syndication is, is in my opinion, is one of the greatest uh, strategies that exists. But as, as a builder, I was building single family homes. A, a bigger project came across my desk that was too large for me to handle on my own. And yeah. I went to a group of investors and I raised capital to uh, put that project together. No, this was a joint venture. It wasn't a syndication. Those investors were not totally passive. They were hands-on. But I fell in love with this model of finding the deal, finding the investors, bringing on, um, you know, the the experts that are needed, the architect, the, uh, you know, engineers, the, uh, you know, everybody else involved, the general contractor, and getting a piece of the of the project, uh, being uh, compensated relative to the performance of the asset. I really fell in love with this model. And when I went to start researching more, I realized, yeah, there is this whole ecosystem that exists where investors at some point they run out of their own capital when they want to continue doing deals whatever their business model is whatever their business strategy is within the real estate space and when they tap out of their own funds that's when they go to investors raise capital may have many different strategies in raising capital you could do syndications you could do uh, funds you could do REITs uh, the, the structure doesn't really uh, make make a difference it's just a matter of raising capital in a in a uh, regulated com- uh, compliant way uh, to be able to scale and do bigger deals and uh, more deals, really. And I got to think your first deal has got to be the hardest one because there's no track record, right? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. And then a lot of times uh, when you do your first one, you have to kind of give away the store, too, to uh, to attract the capital. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have to – it has to be very much – uh, you know, there has to be some level of track record. I mean, I mean, you could leverage sure. your track record in, in different means. If you've done great in business, you could leverage that. If you've been an experienced real estate investor and operator like myself as a builder, you could leverage that and, and, and your investors trust you upon what you've done in the past. Maybe you didn't have experience yeah. syndicating deals, but you understand uh, real estate in the space you're in. But um, it, it, the, the way I really look at syndication is really it, it creates unlimited returns for the general partner because in most cases the general partner sources the deal puts sweat equity Uh, in some cases they don't really put a significant amount of capital if they do put some capital for putting the deal together that gets paid back to them at closing but that's a way 
now the, the general partner owns 30% of the deal. That's infinite returns to the general partner. So I really fell in love with this model. And the other aspect of it is the scalability. It be, you can be the best builder. You can be the best contractor, but there's always a ceiling. But when you're a, a syndicator, when you're a general partner, there's no ceiling. And you can see that with firms like BlackRock, over $10 trillion of assets under management. Or Blackstone has over $2 trillion of assets under management. Blackstone actually started up as a private equity shop. They used to do leverage buyouts and mergers and acquisitions, buying companies. But now they have a larger allocation to, to real estate than they do to private equity. So you can see the scalability of this business is so exciting and um, you know keeps you very focused. Are you, are you getting close to that $2 trillion mark? <laughs> Not yet. I, I dream about I dream about it every day. But yes. yeah. <laughs> now, 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 where? How do you overcome, let's say, objections from a limited partner uh, who would say, "Well, gosh, you don't have any of your own money in it. It's just sweat equity. So, what's to stop you from just saying, you know, what this isn't working, and and walking away?" Yeah, there are there are investors who walk away. You want to as a as a fully functioning real estate investment firm, as a general partner who continues to syndicate deal, you want to have skin in the game. And the industry standard is that 10% of the total equity, 10% of the capital stack comes from uh, the, uh, the the general partner. Um, and uh, so along the way, you want to grow that. But if you're at the, earlier on in your business and you don't have the equity needed to uh, you just have to explain that to your investors. And at times, you can't appease every investor. You want to be your investor's fiduciary. You want to answer all their questions. You want to be honest and upfront because we're being regulated. In our case, we're being regulated by the Canadian Securities Commission and the uh, the SEC. So okay. a lot of uh, regulatory hurdles that we have to go through. But yes, you want to be as honest and upfront with your investors. And you want to continuously perform. So if they didn't invest on your first deal, they might invest on your next deal. So those leads are not dead leads. There were just objections that came along the way that. Well, you know, and, and what's interesting, money. you mentioned that because uh, Pacific Private Money, we had somebody who said, "Yeah, we, you know, I kind of, I, didn't, I was a little nervous investing with you guys, so I, I watched you for two years uh, because he had, um, I guess, gotten our newsletter somehow, gotten on our email list." And son of a gun, if, if his first investment wasn't $3 million and then a week later he added an extra million. So, wow. yeah. So he didn't invest for like the first time he ever heard about us, but uh, he watched us for uh, their watch Pacific by the money for uh, two years. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yes. I mean, most syndicators, you know, can't, can't wait that long, but uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting. Now tell you what, we're going to go to another break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you the question about how to raise your first million. That'll be interesting. All right. Uh, before we uh, go to the, the trivia question, I uh, want to make a mention here for transcendent, Theater. They got some really good productions coming up uh, in June, July, and September. And you need to go to Transcendence Theater. That's T R A N S C E N D E N C E. Transcendence Theater. I've gone to a number of shows myself, and I can tell you it's extremely professional. In fact, my mother in law was a big time ballerina in New York, and she loves going to these things. So check them out, Transcendence Theater, and get your tickets through them. Okay. Second trivia question How many time zones are there in Russia? All right. That's our trivia question, 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Stay with us. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, August Biniaz. And our second trivia question, how many time zones are there in Russia? August, do you know the answer? Um, I can guess. I, I know that Russia is the largest landmass country in the world, and yep. number two is Canada. Um, I, if I had to guess, I would say six, because it's just such a massive, uh, you know, amount of land that it covers. Uh, so my guess would be six. How many are there in Canada? I believe there are five. Five, okay. Uh, actually, Russia's got 11. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah, 11. Yeah. Wow, that's, you know, half, half the earth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay, so uh, August, um, oh, how do you raise your first million? Ooh, what an exciting question. How do you yeah. first year, raise your first million? Now, Let's break this down in a few different ways. You could, your business strategy and your first deal might not need a million dollars. And are we talking about cumulative a million dollars or on a, on your first largest deal that at least needs a million dollars to be raised? So the question could be really broken down in many different ways. But let's look at it as as a case study where you're doing a deal and it just happens that you need to raise a million dollars. So it's your first million. It's one of your first deals. How do you do it? Really, it depends on a couple of things. One, it depends on the deal. Is the deal reasonable? Is the, are the numbers there? Is the risks associated with the deal manageable by the general partner? And is it appeased by, by the investors looking to invest into the deal? And the second part of that is really your network, right? Is yeah. How many people are in your circle of influence? How many people are in your database? How many people know, like, and trust you for you to reach out to them and to make them this proposition? Hey, how are you doing, Mr. Investor? I got this deal and I want you to invest in it. I want you to invest 50,000, 100,000. I want you to sign this piece of document that's a 100 to 200 page piece of document that, that it says that we have, as general partner, have full control over the deal. And if something goes wrong and we lose all your money, as long as nothing unscrupulous happened, you can't do anything about it. There yeah. is such immense amount of trust that's needed for somebody to take that step syndication is not transactional. You're not selling a product or a service. You're offering a partnership. And for somebody to take that step and partner with you, there needs to be so much trust that needs to be there. So to be able to do that, I would say before doing your first deal and before wanting to raise a million dollars, you need to expand your network. You need to create the know, like, and trust for your investors. They need to know you as the person who's who is dedicated to that space. If it's short-term rentals, if it's development, if it's multifamily, if it's whatever, if it's a debt fund, whatever it is that you do, they need to associate you with that business, that this person lives, breathes, and eats this business. And I, I trust them enough to give them my money and, and, and hope for the, the profits to be realized. So it's uh, you know a long way of answering the question, how you raise it is you expand your network, you um, you, you, you know, whatever that is, if it's by meeting people in person, if it's by creating content online, whatever you're good at, if you're not great at being on the radio or making YouTube videos, you got to use a different strategy. You got to go in person. You got to go to conferences. You got to go to meetups, meet people. You got to use your own 
uh, initial inner circle, which is friends and family. If your own friends and family don't trust you, others are going to have a very difficult time to do that. Yeah. So it's all about your network. It's all about people around you. It's all about you immersing yourself in the space and being a thought leader within your space to, for people to then trust you to invest with you. Gotcha. And let's see here with, um, with raising a million, I mean, that's assuming, let's say you're going to buy a property for all cash of a million, but you may want to buy a property for two or 3 million. And, and let's say you raise a million so that you can go to the bank. Uh, do you have any advice on that? Yeah, as far as, I mean, because the, the syndication space is becoming very, uh, very much um, commercialized. There are there are there are individuals and groups out there that assist you in the process of uh, retaining debt. So if you want to buy a three million dollar asset and you can raise a million dollars of equity, you're able to get the two million dollar debt needed, even if your personal net worth or uh, you know your your personal liquidity is not enough to debt service that loan. You can bring someone who's called a key principal. Uh, a KP who's going to sign off on the loan on your behalf, and they're going to participate in the GP economics uh, of the deal. They'll take a piece of the profits you're making, and they'll come and sign off on the loan. So the, the systems and processes are there for someone to be able to, um, you know, uh, basically structure their whole capital stack, which includes um, debt and equity. Okay. Good. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? Um, what about uh, why multifamily? We're, we're going to actually go to a break in another minute or so. Uh, but you know what? Why don't you give out your information before we do? When we come back, we'll ask questions like why multifamily and not single family, and then adding value uh, to your business model. So how would people get a hold of you if they uh, wanted to ask more questions about syndications? Absolutely. August Biniaz, August like the month, Biniaz, B-I-N-I-A-Z. Very easy to find. I'm all over social media. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Our website is cpicapital.ca. Uh, hit me up. Tell me you've seen me on, on, on Edward's show and love <laughs> to book a call with you and chat about real estate. All right. That sounds really good. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, well, you know what? I'll make a quick mention here on, uh, you know, for Pacific Private Money. So we have the Southwest Note Fund, which I'm one of the managers of. We pay out uh, 8.5% fixed to the clients. Uh, the best part of it, it's an extremely conservative fund because the average loan to value is only uh, 41%. And because it, and it's unleveraged, but because we're buying notes at a discount, the average uh, loan to value, or we call it investment to value, is only 28%. <clears throat> so, you know, if you have a, a property that's worth $100,000, the borrower owes $41,000, we're only invested $28,000. That's got to be one of the most conservative investments out there. And if you want more information on that, go to Pacific privatemoney.com and check out the Southwest Note Fund. All right. We are going to get to our second commercial or our third one here. How many oceans are now recognized on the earth? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer wins that Danny certificate. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. 
Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with August Biniaz. And our uh, third trivia question was, how many oceans are now recognized on the Earth? August, you know the answer to that one? I'm just going to go through them here. Atlantic, Pacific, Indian Ocean. Um, let me think. Arctic, Antarctic Ocean, if there's such a thing. That would yeah, be my they, guess they, they, yeah, that's what they just came out with. They call it the southern one, which is the Antarctic. So, yeah, the answer is five. Very good. All right. Uh, so question for you is why multifamily and not single family? Oh, another great question. You're, you're, you're doing some... Awesome questions and research there, Edward. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's quickly break down. So single family, these are very logical, common sense stuff that most people don't realize. But when you imagine owning or investing in a single family project or a multifamily project, let's talk about this multifamily project as being a hundred unit apartment community. It has a hundred units okay. rather than investing in a single family. So on a single family, you have a tenant, a tenant for whatever reason, um, you know, skips down or leaves in a, in a short notice, you're sitting at 100% uh, vacancy. Yeah. Same thing happens in a multifamily, 100-unit multifamily project, but now you're sitting at 99% vacancy. That's very manageable, these kind of unforeseen issues that come up. Second part of it is, uh, is management. So on, if you have a single-family home and you want a property management to oversee it for you for renting it out, usually the market rate is around 10% in average. On a multifamily project for a 100-unit building, the property management fee is 3%. So the economies of scale that exist there are just astronomical. Another part about multifamily and single family is that when it comes to debt, the debt is much simpler, believe it or not, getting debt for a, a multifamily property because multifamily properties are assessed, managed, and debt serviced on the income approach, not the comparable approach. You could have a single family project, you could have a great tenant who pays you above market rent, but you can't just go to the bank and say, hey, all my neighbor's properties are worth half a million. Uh, Mine should be worth a million dollars because I have more rental income. You can't do that in single family. But in multifamily, that's exactly what you can do because they look at your NOI, your net operating income, the revenue the property produces, and your neighborhood, your prevailing cap rate, and that's how they assess the property value so the goal there is increasing the, uh, the NOI and increasing the profitability. Um, other aspects of it really is being able to this this syndication model. It's a lot easier to syndicate, bring on a bunch of passive investors to buy a larger asset. Um, it, it's really a recession resistant as well. When you have these apartment communities between a thousand and two thousand dollars of rent, you know uh, there's forty three million. Uh, apartment uh, units uh, in the U.S. The U.S. is more and more becoming a renter's nation. Interest rates are high now. People are having difficulties buying single family. So a lot of times they live in uh, apartments. Um, so we can we can continuously go on about the advantages of multifamily. It's been one of the best performing asset classes right after industrial over the last 20 years, beating the S&P 500 by multiple X's. Um, and um, that's really um, the reasoning why multifamily rather than single family. All right, very good. To give us some, uh, give us a good story and give us a horror story. We've got about four minutes to go. 
Good story and horror story. Ooh. Um, all right. So I'll give you guys a good story. So our business model was very much multifamily value add. And basically value add means that within the multifamily space, you have four, four types of business models that exist or four types of asset classes within multifamily core, core plus value add opportunistic and value add essentially is an apartment community that needs a level of upgrades, a level of renovations where you could go in, renovate it, and then increase the rents and eventually sell it. So it's a very, it's a very, Simplified business model. Our investor community understand it very well. We've been preaching it for the last three years. We had a deal that came across our desk, which was the BTR SFR, built to rent single family rental. And it was a new asset class. Our investors were not familiar with it. We had that deal under contract. And this was right when the interest rates started going through the roof, right early on. So we packaged up the deal, put it under contract, sent it to our investors. But it was alien to them. They didn't understand it. When we sent out oh. the package, they thought they were buying single family homes and oh. we had to explain to them. So there was a lot of education that went there. So if you are, if you have a certain focus, if you're preaching a certain type of asset class and business model and you are a newer firm, you should stick to that before venturing into new asset classes because you could create confusion. And the confused mind initially, you know, right away says no. So yeah. we were having some difficulties on that deal. We did raise the equity that was needed for it, but because of the increased interest rates, we walked away from that deal. But that's that's one of the difficulties, I would say, uh, throughout uh, the time that uh, I've been running the business. The other quick, quick advice I could give is, if you're looking to get into the syndication space, creating a brand around yourself is the most important part of this business. If okay. you are... If nobody can find you, if you don't exist online and you you know you, you don't you don't create any sort of content, that trust aspect is much harder to gain. So if you're looking to get involved as a general partner or a sponsor, put deals together, work on your own brand, on your own marketing, and be out there and create content. Okay, and then uh, we've got another couple about a minute and a half. You want to tell us a, 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 another story? Absolutely. Let me think about what story. Um, I mean, I, I can touch on where we are at with, with the yeah. current, uh, okay. where the economy is currently at. Uh, the debt ceiling was, was, was raised for the, what is the 79th or 80th time. The debt, uh, the capital markets are very choppy. It's very interesting times uh, when it comes to uh, purchasing real estate, uh, when it comes to um, you know, being involved in this space. So we're, we're watching the markets very closely. Um, and if we are, you know, are we actively looking for deals, but the debt is the most important part of the deal. So if you're buying a deal and the cash on cash return on that deal is 5%, but our debt is at 6% going in debt, that deal is a negative cash flow. It doesn't economically make sense. Uh, Year to year, multifamily uh, sales have dropped 70% from last year to this year. And the reason for that is there's a price discovery between the sellers and buyers, um, the economics are not making sense for deals. So a lot of deals are not happening. Some, some commercial brokers are even leaving the business and going doing other things because there's just not enough deal volume that's taking place. So very interesting times for multifamily, for the real estate space. I feel very bullish about the sector long-term. I feel like this is a hiccup in the, in the road for us. I feel multifamily is a great asset class. It, um, you know, it's been resilient through decades and uh, it will do great, but this is time to be very cautious, make sure you have the right debt on the project uh, to be able to acquire it. And um, we'll see what happens next year with, um, with uh, and another thing we could quickly talk on is the, uh, the Fed's meeting. Um, obviously they're currently we're battling inflation. 
And uh, one of well, the. Well, I tell you what, hey, I'll just stay with us. We, we uh, ran up against time. Stay with us. Sure. We'll be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, August Biniaz. Um, so, August, so sorry to cut you off in the last segment. Go ahead and continue on. Yeah, we're talking about the economy. We're talking about the capital markets. We're talking about the Fed. And the Fed is having their next meeting in June this month, and they're going to be um, making a decision on if they should increase interest rates or not. So interest rates are make a direct correlation when it comes to uh, real estate prices, uh, the economy. So they're, they're, the Fed is battling inflation, and one of, the, one of the only levers they have to battle inflation is interest rates. So um, they've been on a uh, you know increasing uh, interest rate spree now. Uh, they've raised the rates, I believe, eight or eight times already, or it might be a bit less yeah. or more than that. Um, and the guess, really, the bet between me and my uh, my my friends and associates is, what's the Fed going to do at the next meeting? And my guess is, and this is on record, that the Fed is going to increase another 25 basis points. Because, do you think, do you you think know, that'll be the last one? I believe so. I believe so. The, the, you know, the equities markets... Uh, there, you know, there's reports that are estimating it that 60% chance that it will increase. Some other reports have it at 40% chance it will increase. In my opinion, uh, inflation is malignant, so they have to battle that. And the only way for them to do it is by increasing rates. I think they will do that. And and the rates that we're at right now, uh, you know, uh, at, at 500 basis points, is still historically their their reasonable rates. It's just a matter of how fast they increase it that it costs some, uh, you know, distress in the space with, with, with banks, um, you know, with the bank runs that took place and, um, you know, some foreclosures that took place on, on, on commercial real estate. And then you have also the uh, office space that's been kind of the issue within our space as well. There's a lot of uh, loans maturing. 27% of the commercial real estate loans maturing over the next two years are office space, and that's going to have an effect as well. But, you know, when, what they say, there's a uh, common saying, when there's blood on the streets, um, you, you, know, you, you buy. So yeah. there's opportunities here. Definitely that's coming up. But again, debt is an extremely important part of our business. Well, uh, August, you're a, a wealth of knowledge. Again, how do people get a hold of you? August Biniaz on LinkedIn, uh, cpicapital.ca. Reach out to me. Happy to book a call and add value. Okay. So you buy not only in Canada, but across the U.S.? Only the U.S. We only the U.S. Okay. The, just have to look the at yield it. that, yeah, the yields that exist in the U.S. are, um, you know, night and day for what's available in Canada. Really? Is it a lot harder in Canada? Uh, just, just the cap rates. Canada, I mean, the, the, the competition oh, is much more, the market is much smaller. Uh, the people yeah. play the, the capital preservation game rather than capital growth in the U.S., uh, um, so yeah, it's the yields, uh, you have, okay. even on an institutional level, you have the Canadian pension fund investing with gray star buying and building multifamily. So it's not just 
uh, retail groups like us, but on the institutional gotcha. side, you have a lot of Canadian groups investing right. in the U.S. All right, August Vinias, thank you so much for joining us. Here's our thoughts for the day: Where are average things manufactured in the satisfactory? And never leave alphabet soup on the stove and then go out. It could spell disaster. All right, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We'll be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.